Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, the animal podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a surprise bonus episode, episode 160. We are recording on Thursday, the 25th of May, 24 hours, just a little bit more than that, after the uh, unexpected uh, release of the Mirage and gameplay trailer, gameplay video. Uh, footage so we had already recorded an episode a few days ago with Arshak to look back at the community relief um, project and reflect on that um, we were planning to publish that next week we have we're going to delay that a little bit and we're going to get this episode out first because we thought it would be useful and interesting to um, to look at the Mirage uh, gameplay uh, trailer and we have assembled a crack team of Assassin's Creed experts uh, to discuss it with us. So uh, let's go uh, to our guests and uh, introduce yourselves. Over to you, Rue. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Rue, uh, resident Australian on this podcast, it seems. <laughs> um, artist, cosplayer, and, you know, overall good egg. Thank you, Rue. Six keys, over to you. Uh, hi, I'm Six Keys. Uh, I've been a guest before, as I'm sure some people at least will know, and I am, I guess, the resident Basim fangirl. Thank you, Six and also, Keys. And also uh, the host of uh, the AC Sisterhood podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Six Keys. And Chris? Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm the founder of Scholars of the Creed. And yeah, excited to be here. I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, now you haven't heard this yet because with the schedule being thrown out the window, um, in the episode we recorded with Arshak just a few days ago, uh, which we actually say in that recording, welcome to episode 160. It isn't 160 anymore. Um, I do apologize to you profusely because throughout the whole flipping episode, I didn't call your community the right name, and I'm so sorry. Uh, so yes, Chris from Scholars of the Creed, not oh, Creed Scholars. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's so fine. Sorry. I mean, it's both names, really. It's that's just the shorthand name for it. So yeah, I know, man. I tried to get this stuff right, and I felt so bad <laughs> afterwards. Um, anyway, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, I will just say one one little uh, flashback to the past. Um, so. Way back in, uh, I'm looking at the date here, 1st of October, episode 145, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, first reactions with Six Keys and Arshak, where we, we, we actually spoke for a long time, an hour and a half, looking back um, at that very first uh, reveal um, and trying to deconstruct it and uh, sharing our thoughts and, and hopes for what this game might be. So if you're interested to go back to that, and go back to our channel and look for episode 145. So welcome back, everybody. Um, Rue, let's start with you. Um, what was your first thought on seeing the gameplay trailer? It was the first thing that I saw when I woke up in the morning, and I was quite frankly shocked that we just randomly got gameplay at a PlayStation event of all places. Because I thought we were going to be waiting until the forward. So it was a very nice surprise that, you know, we've had so many leaks of this game that it was nice to have a good surprise 
and oh, I am excited for this game. What about you, Six Keys? What was your uh, first reaction? Um, full-blown panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, good panic uh, or bad panic? Oh, I mean, good, oh, good panic, obviously. Um, uh, and I agree with Rue that um, it's really the first time in a very long time that we've, like, that the whole community basically has been surprised like this. Um, we've had so many leaks, and it was honestly just really nice to uh, see everybody get excited at the same time again, like, <laughs> for the first time in probably years. And uh, I, I was, like, I was distracted with another game at the time, and then suddenly I saw my phone blowing up, like, everybody started going, where's six keys? Where's six keys? And <laughs> I was like, okay, something big is happening. <laughs> and and uh, uh, did, did the trailer meet your um, requirements? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't have expectations as, as such, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I think I'm sure we'll get into the more reasons why, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. All right, and you, Chris, first reaction? Yeah, I mean, same as everyone else, completely caught off guard. I mean, I was watching the PlayStation event live, and I mean, after that happened, I couldn't I couldn't watch the rest of it because my phone was blown up and I couldn't think about anything else really. So, yeah, it was really exciting last night. It was good. Actually, I haven't even discussed this with Declan because um, I know he, I mean, yesterday afternoon and evening, I wasn't watching the PlayStation thing um, and I was doing other stuff. Um, Declan, what was your reaction? When, how did you first see that this, this trailer had been released? Completely by accident. I kid you not. I was watching Smallville. Then my controller died. Then I was complaining to myself that I had no batteries. And then someone's like, mentioned Mirage in a Ubisoft server and I was like thought it was a throwaway comment and then apparently I didn't put two and two together that it was during the state of play then when I figured it out I ran like mad to get my phone which is on two percent <laughs> and literally binge washed it in as fast as I can and I think I just like sat there after and thought like okay now they need to open the goddamn pre-order page because I need to pre-order this game <laughs> Like, it was just perfect. I can't all anything on the trailer, and there's a few parts to it that make me more hyped than I was beforehand. Tell us more. Well, I have lots to tell, but um, if I kick things off, and then I'll pass to Rue to see her uh, their thoughts as well. But the things that stood out to me, and I'd love to know what everyone stood out to everyone else, is... One, the Prince of Persia vibes that came with the trailer. And I know everyone thinks I'm back crazy for saying this, but Paul Parkour is a Prince of Persia mechanic. You jump from poles to poles. So that was unique. Prince of Persia set with Topless Basim, which I now own. I've got the deluxe editions. I have Topless Basim. <laughs> that was odd. And Basim's using specifically... A curved dagger and a curved sword as dual wield combat, which you know really reminds me of Sands of Time because he uses curved dagger. 
Uh, the other big thing that I highlighted was the chain assassination kill. That just looks perfect. Um, let's pass over to Rue. What grabbed your attention the most? There's many things that grabbed my attention. <laughs> One, absolutely love Basim just pickpocketing the guards. That is so funny to me. Of It looks like he's on a mission and he's just like, oh yeah, real quick, let me just grab a couple of coins. Because if you've got the stealth skills, why wouldn't you? And absolutely love the pole vaulting mechanic. Mostly because it brings me back to me trying to pole vault with giant wooden sticks. Being like, yeah, I'm so cool. And then one of them just snapping. And I'm like, I hope we get an instance of that. Obviously, the city looks incredible. I don't know. Surely someone that knows tech will tell me online what engine this is made with. I'm not sure if it's Anvil or if it's a new one. But the lighting, the way everything moves and reacts, mm. it looks incredible. It looks smooth. It looks polished. Like, it just looks crisp and like kind of like a new gen game. And I'm going to be playing it on the old gen consoles. So I'm super excited to see like what the difference between gameplay is. But honestly, super excited. And yeah, of course, Basim. Icon. Um, on about tech, I'm wondering, um, before I pass the six keys to get her thoughts, I'm wondering if they're using Snowdrop Engine for Mirage. No, it's it's Anvil, it Anvil Next or whatever they brand it as now because it's oh. it's a Valhalla. It was going to be a, a DLC briefly anyway. Um, mm. So yeah, it's 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 another iteration of Anvil that goes all the way back to AC One. Um, so, I mean, so obviously, all the it's, a very, it's a very, it's a, well, I mean, if you want to go there now, 10 minutes into the episode, we can, um, it'll be interesting, won't it? Cause Valhalla did not launch in a great technical state, at least for trying to be sneaky. Um, let's hope there's been focus on that, that part of the engine, you know, that part of the game, because it was it was odd because while while Origins and Odyssey didn't offer a huge amount of stealth opportunities, you could hide in a bush and and you know clear a fort mm. without being detected and stuff like that. And that seemed to I mean some people said everything worked fine, but certainly my experience was that was no longer possible in Valhalla. Mm. So let's hope that now works um, correctly. But yeah. I, I think um, we we were discussing this before we hit record. I think Chris, I forget who was saying it, but. It's just so nice to see sunny, clear blue skies in an Assassin's Creed game after spending so much time in, in miserable England. Um, yeah, the city looks incredible. Um, I'm assuming it will have a day-night cycle. And I wonder how mm. good it will look lit up at night with, with torches and braziers and the moon, you know, across a clear sky and everything. Anyway, let's not get too poetic. Uh, back to you, Declan. It's going to look fantastic. Yes, yes. I think just from the trailer, uh, day and night has been confirmed because there's a lot of instances where day and night is shifted, especially if you watch the poll. It looks like the poll's done from different angles in different parts of the city at different times. I think there's like a dawn, dusk, and a night. So that'd be cool. Um, Six Keys, what grabbed you the most from the trailer? 
except Basim. Yeah. <laughs> um, like speaking of day night cycle, um, the like first thing that grabbed my attention was uh the scene where we see Basim sitting on a bench. Uh, like I think that's gonna be our new meditate um mechanic, probably. Uh, at least judging by how you know he's alone and the day night is shifting very rapidly. So I, I, if if that is what it is, then I, I think it's nice. Um, uh, it <laughs> because the footage is of course sped up. If it is, if it's like meditating, um, it kind of looks like he's nodding off, which is funny to me because I've always been, ever since they uh, introduced the the meditate mechanic, I was like, please let our protagonists sleep. You know. They're just always sitting on the ground for hours and hours and while the sun goes down and I'm like, you know, just take a nap. <laughs> uh, but also the bench made me think, hopefully, that we might have the bench blending mechanic back, which I've always loved. And of course, in Valhalla, it worked a little differently, like to the classic games where you just sat on a bench between NPCs and you blended automatically. Whereas in Valhalla, you had to like hold down the button and it wasn't that great. It didn't always work reliably. So I hope that they've changed the... I think it's been confirmed the social stealth is back. So I hope that they've kind of made it more like the classic games in that it's more... that the blending is more automatic instead of like having to hold down the button. Um... And what was the question again? <laughs> um, just mainly what grabbed your attention, because it was quite oh, yeah. a brief trailer. <laughs> yeah, um, the bench, and then also, I guess, the, uh, what's it called, Assassin Focus or something, uh, with the ghostly oh, yes. animus things. Um, I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm curious about how that exactly, how that's going to work, like whether that's a function of Eagle Vision, or if it's a, a skill that we have to purchase and activate. And if it's wondering. like, can we turn it off if we want to? Or is it always going to show us like these ideal routes? Do you think it's ideal routes? Or do you think, again, I think Chris Yimeh said this in one of the text channels earlier. Will it work a bit like that rush assassination skill in Odyssey where you can basically teleport? from person to person to person and, and assassinate them. And I was wondering if, if it will be, like you said, a skill we unlock or maybe replacing adrenaline, maybe like a concentration meter or something. So maybe you build up to being able to chain kills together. Um, I don't know. But it'd be interesting to see more details of how it works. Um, I'm curious about the skills in general. Like if they're going to be, um, let's say, more grounded than... Uh, I guess some of the skills that we've had so far in uh, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Um, I mean, Valhalla was pretty grounded, but you know they still had some some things. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, can't wait for the skill where Basim turns into a bird. Right. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um, actually, that was that was like an uh, an animus simulation inside an animus simulation. I think you'll find. So, Where, where's that gif of Basim going? <laughs> animus magic. 
Personally, I think Eivor can just turn into a bird. Seems like a Eivor thing to do. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, Chris, over to you. What, what one thing kind of stood out for to you uh, in the trailer? Um, I mean, I like that they kind of basically showed off a black box mission. Because <laughs> um, people listening at home can't see, but James just did like a high five. <laughs> that was what I was going to say. I was hoping no one would mention it, but no, oh, you're absolutely fuck. right, Chris. When when that, and I forget the, the name of the new character. Um, yeah, I forgot trailer, to. Um, but yeah, he's giving Bassam a brief a briefing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, you can choose what you do. He's like, I'll yeah. find a way. <laughs> it was very much a-, a throwback to that scene in Unity, I think, where Belek yeah. is giving Arno the thing. You know, like all the opportunities that you can see. Yeah, I have only one asterisk on that point, which is if this, depending on how much dev time they've had and where they've decided to focus it, if they've if they bring back the DNA tracker and memory replayability, brilliant. Because I want to have that briefing with the guy, and I want to choose every option just to explore and see what happens. But if it's if it's if it's not possible, if it's just a linear story with no no replayability within the story, then so be it. But it's going to be shorter anyway, so hopefully we can replay it multiple times, but or take manual saves. But anyway, sorry, back to you, Chris. Yeah, that was the main thing to because that was one of the things I was looking out for because they had I'm sure they had mentioned that before that that was making a return. And also, did does anyone know if the eagle is confirmed as like a scouting tool, like the three previous games, or is that because in the trailer you you see the eagle land in his hand, so I'm I'm not sure um, if it has already been confirmed or not. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but from watching and purchasing the deluxe edition pack, I will say it has been confirmed to be a scout because one of the big things about the deluxe edition is you get in skin for the eagle. Right. And what's the point of spending money for a Prince of Asia skin for the eagle Yeah. if the eagle's just a prop and you're never going to see it? So I think it's going to be there, but it kind of, from a law point in my imagination, it works and makes sense. Yeah, but I'm slightly crazy in these ideas. Am I <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Has the eagle not already been named as Enkidu? Oh yeah, yeah. That I think does ring a bell. Yeah. As to what it, it's it, is Enkidu a man or a woman? I think it's a man. As to what his abilities are as an eagle, I don't know. But um, yeah. you know, I think it's Enkidu. Yeah, which is and from the Epic of Gilgamesh, I think. One of the other things that I did notice was. Because someone else, I didn't actually notice it at the time when I seen the trailer. Uh, but he was he's wearing a, a pinky ring with a green gem in it. And I thought that that, that probably is the gem from Eivor's Hidden Blade. We'll probably get that put into a hidden blade at some point or something. I don't know. Ooh. See, I went in a different <laughs> direction with that. Like, I think it would be really cool if it does tie to Eivor, but I went to... Uh, link to the Valentine's Brotherhood uh, mechanic of how they used to run the hidden blades with um, they used to wear a ring on the pink finger with a bit of string oh, attached to the blade. So yeah, I mean I, it could definitely be that. Could be both. 
to be honest. <laughs> it could actually could be that to start with. It's his ring to use the pulley system, and then eventually he takes the gem and puts it in the hidden blade. But who knows? They could be flush with those gems. Yeah. Who knows? Well, his his brace is actually strapped to his forearm. I'm mm. looking at this, the the um, the frame right now with leather or straps, but those have actually got little bits of green jade or gems on them. So he's yeah. he's quite a heavily jeweled um, forearm. Is, uh, is he's batting. bedazzled? He is. He is. The assassins brought out the bedazzler. Yeah, I know. I noticed all these details when I was making the fan art for access the animus's fan art contest mm-hmm. and i had to look very very carefully at the first cgi trailer for because he has like three different outfits no four different outfits uh in that trailer no actually not three i think but either way but so uh, yeah i was looking at all these you know the ring and the and the jade and everything Trying to get like all the right angles. <laughs> there are a lot of details. Yeah. Honestly, if that gem that Basim is wearing does eventually go into like Eivor's hidden blade, that is the most poetic fanfic level character design I have ever seen. <laughs> That's fantastic. Beautiful. Right? And, 10 and out of it- 10. It sounds like something sim- I would write. It it would be good symbolism as well, my mention it, Rue, because Eivor does wield the hidden blade unconventionally um, at the top of the wrist, so it could be like a symbol that Basim would have given her the ring or to put on a pinky finger to activate it, but because she doesn't, she wears it on the wrist, he would then place it in the top of the brace so it has a symbol of his past handing it over to her for her future. Mm-hmm. It's a cool old detail. I didn't even notice it till like last minute. Because <laughs> it's Damn. like Sigurd gives her the blade. Python is there, like, you don't get, why do you get the blade? What the hell? And honestly, when I was like watching that and playing it, I kind of read it as Python was just a little bit mad because it's a very like fancy blade when compared to the one that he wears. So maybe he was kind of thinking, oh, maybe when I am not a novice anymore, I'm like a full assassin, that's going to be my hidden blade. And then it just gets passed on to this random that Basim has just met like five minutes ago. But then it is the thing of, if it is one of Basim's old blades, the poetic cinema of the ending of Valhalla when they're in, like, Yggdrasil, of them fighting with their hidden blades. And I might have got it a bit blurry, but if I remember correctly, Eivor does stab Basim with her blade, and Basim then stabs Eivor. It's a mutual stabbing there. I can't remember if it was. I know that Eivor gets stabbed in the stomach by him. I honestly don't remember if she stabbed him first. Yeah. There is some, there's some, it's something so interesting that happens with, yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> but I like, actually, uh, what you mentioned, it kind of made me think they haven't talked about it, so it's, maybe it's not a thing at all, but it made me think about how in Origins we actually had to upgrade the Hidden Blade. 
Mm. Like it actually changed its visual as we like yeah. gained experience. Um, like I'm sure it won't function the same way in that I don't think we have to upgrade the blade um, to make assassinations work like like yeah. we did in Origins. But it might be that as we gain rank, maybe the hidden blade also gets upgraded. Because mm. I honestly thought with like kind of the ending towards Valhalla that I did like the cheeky thing of how they had covered Eivor's like hand that she would have the blade on. It's covered with a shield in her grave. And I honestly thought when we were seeing that bit of Basim just monologuing like a dramatic bastard over her grave that he was going to move the shield and pull out that golden and green hidden blade mm. of being like, ah, I get the fancy one now. But no, I guess he just <laughs> like, to like, that, I don't that, know. Like, that was his whole reason of resurrecting. Like, I give me my blade back. Yeah, he was like, oh, hello, hello, Alethea, hello, wife, where's my shiny blade? <laughs> right. He but I, like always, I always did wonder if that, you know, the green jewel in the middle of that blade, it is very eye-catching. And I always wondered if it had any special meaning, but it didn't in Valhalla's story. So mm. it'd be interesting if they did something with it. Maybe it's, you know, he is wearing it as a ring. And there was, like, the mention of he had, like, a wife and kid that apparently wasn't Aletheia and Finria. So maybe... That gem came from his wedding ring. He then put it into a blade. That blade was then given to Eivor. That's why he's trying to get revenge. And it's that whole, like, intertwined kind of fate thing. There's so many possibilities. So yeah. many. Fanfic writers, get on like, Ark of the Get on it. All, <laughs> of the, all of the possibilities for me. All of the angst. All of it. <laughs> Because you know, oh. if you guys don't, I will, and I will make it so angsty. I'm waiting for it. Come on, chop, chop. Stop talking and start writing. I'm sorry that I write <laughs> as a human and not as a machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let's ask Chat GPT to write this for us. God no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Ruin out of all things. I was just going to say all about symbolism with the hidden blade. I do remember that um, Loki does give a weapon to Odin in mythology, so it always is a little bit ironic that now you realise that Basim's Loki, he does gift Odin a weapon, just like mythology, without even realising he's gifting Odin a weapon. It's kind of a weird take. Um, that is actually really cool. I, I may be slightly obsessed with the Norse myth, so, like, like with the Basim story for Mirage, a lot of people did take the Loki angle, uh, judging on, you know, Fenrir, um, Hel, Jörmungandr, you know, Odin losing his, losing children because of Odin's actions, but Loki did have a wife and two Aesir kids that he also lost because of Harvey, which have nothing to do with Fenrir Hell or Yormunda, so there is plausibility on Basim's story that actually has nothing to do with what we see in the Asgard arc. So 
and you're being captured, it could do with the Aesir children he lost at Odin's hands. Right, here's a question. Because I've seen someone mention it on Twitter. Are they going to show his Norse mythology in this? I doubt it. No, I think it, it would be disrespectful yeah. to show Norse mythology. Um, judging by the Jin that was pronounced in the first CGI trailer, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more Islamic mythology, but yeah. not too deep, because disrespectfully, they want to take mythology away from Basim's story, which I think is a very bad take, because you cannot state that Basim is a sage for Loki, set it up in Valhalla and then say, here, have a Loki story with Basim with no mythology ties, I think it's okay. Because then it kind of convolutes the idea that in the previous game, you gave Basim a mythology ties to Loki and you showed that through Eivor's visions and then a true, but now you're going to strip all that way away and just try and give a more rounded Isu take. It just to yeah. me it doesn't feel right. I mean I know I, I'm wrong. that's what I thought because I didn't actually think about it until I seen someone say something about it. And then I was like, in fact, yeah, that would be really weird if they started putting all this Norse mythology in the game. So I'm glad that's your opinion because I would be worried if they did. <laughs> they might try to find the the Islamic or you know, pre-Islamic equivalent story because a lot of pantheons, a lot of cultures have similar gods, don't they? Yeah. Um, Similar, or not similar, but they all have a creation story, you know, a story that explains night and day, you know, God for the harvest and all the rest of it. So they might try and find, I don't know anything about either a Middle Eastern myth, but they might try and find an equivalent myth where they, that that mirrors or kind of is similar enough to, to Loki. I... And present today. But we didn't and I know this is gameplay, not not a cutscene trailer, but we didn't see any memory corridors, no uh, and, and nothing of the gin. So who knows what I may happen. I I do have a theory on the gin if I'm okay to run it bios before we move on to the next thing. If that's okay. So one of the big things about the gin that I noticed is one of the mythologies for Islamic that could work with Basim's story is that a jinn would only possess a human that's done it some harm. So it's like the idea that um, Basim's done something that has brought harm to his family because Loki's actions um, in the killing of Baldur got his Aesir children killed. You know, his one of his son had to kill his brother in front of Loki before Loki was imprisoned. So it's that idea that Loki's actions brought harm Loki's family, though being plagued by the jinn could mean that Basim may have caused harm to his family by accident. So, something like being a street thief, stole from the wrong person, or rubbed up the wrong crowd, and that's brought harm to his family. And that's why he's having visions of Loki, because Loki may have also done something like that that brought harm to his family by accident, if that makes sense. I may have gone on a mad trip lately. Didn't hear anything. Everyone's just confused. 
Everyone's like, we don't know what to say, Declan. You've, you've lost the plot. I, I'm going to briefly change topic only because um, I, I really don't know anything about Norse myth. Um, whilst people have been talking and we've been recording, I've been watching the trailer again and again at quarter speed. Um, now, Fantastic. absolutely, this could be just a bit of creative license because we want to show a cool trailer and we want to include little references in every frame to every to mm. you know all the different parts of the game but in all the key moments the eagle who i think is enkidu is in the skies above now it could just be you know from a creative point of view we want to show you that you've got an eagle companion but what about if it's a, it, the game doesn't start with the eagle as a companion and instead it's a spirit following basim along and Ooh. watching his actions and gradually they build uh like a a relationship or a connection throughout the game just a thought anyway i just think it's sense. funny that they showed the eagle in, in a number of key scenes mm. hey, uh, one one problem with that is i'm pretty sure i read uh i don't know where i mean i could be totally wrong but I think I read, uh, since they revealed the new character, Fulad, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, he was mentioned in a letter already in Valhalla, but we never saw him before. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they called him like an eagle master. Ah, okay. So okay. <laughs> maybe he's been training the eagle already. Maybe, that's yeah. fine. It was just something that spotted. I thought oh, that would be quite cool. Because do you know what started my brain down that, tra that train of thought? When earlier you were talking about that brief glimpse we get of like the the chain kill eagle vision thing, I was thinking, imagine if as you progress in the game, your connection with the eagle builds and therefore that skill gradually unlocks. Do you know what I mean? Or that skill expands. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, because uh, uh, in, in Origins, uh, Senu, like every time you synchronize the viewpoint, Senu's range would improve. So even though it wasn't like a separate skill, it was kind of like a passive skill. Yeah. So that would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. And you could, you could, if you highlighted a guard, you, the eagle, eagle drone would show you their patrol pattern. Um, yeah. It would be interesting uh, because like I'm thinking of Revelations and how over the years they said that, you know, how in Revelations uh, Ezio could see the guard paths uh, on the streets. Like he could... Uh, use it to kind of ambush people uh it would be interesting you know so they that like the excuse for that was that he honed his eagle vision over the years to like tell him you know that that he kind of gained this intuition of where people were going to be or something like that so it would be interesting if if the eagle had some sort of these spa passive skills that we could develop Especially since Basim is also going from a young street thief to uh, an experienced adult over the course of the story. And I don't know if it was like done on purpose, but I noticed that kind of as the trailer went on, kind of like Basim's, I guess, like parkour and movements became like a bit smoother. He kind of looked a bit clumsy at the start, but then as it goes on, he kind of looks like he starts to be like more sure of himself and i think that's kind of hinting to the fact that we are going to see basim going from a street thief 
to a master assassin, or master hidden one, in this time period. That would be awesome, especially since in Valhalla, Eivor starts out not knowing how to do the Leap of Faith. Mm. And then she actually has to learn it. So it would oh. be interesting if, if it was kind of like in that first CG trailer where Basson tries to climb but then falls. So you mm. would have that evolution. But also it could just be that the trailer was, you know, that it looked clumsy because we don't actually know how the parkour is going to work. I don't know. Personally, I'm, Can we talk about personally, parkour? Yeah. Personally, I'm hoping Basim does like, I don't know, he like falls on his face once and Russia on <laughs> just background just like... I'm like the biggest Basim fan, but I'm always like humiliating him in the worst ways. Exactly. You gotta keep him humble. <laughs> He's strutting out here in his Chanel robes looking stunning. He needs to be humbled. Yeah. I gotta say, his beard is beautifully food, isn't it? I mean, that in, guy takes care of his, his facial hair. In the wise words of Cinema Wins, we've got a beautiful beard win. We've got a beautiful beard win. Ding. Yep. Ding. <laughs> um, it was funny that, so we, we don't see all that much parkour, but what I did notice, and because I keep rewatching this section, from about 27 seconds in the trailer, in case you're listening and you want to watch, on, uh, watch along at home, um, to what is it about 32 33 seconds we get some glimpses of of the city at his eye level you know the cameras behind him where i guess it will be in the game as as we're playing and what a great city there are so many horizontal um surfaces different levels of verticality there are beams there are cranes like you would have seen in damascus in uh, mm. in the original game there seems to be if and I, I am I am I am praying now. If if the movement system is good and and you know he 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 can jump a little further than than Avor Blesser can, um, he could have some fun here in this city. You know they they yeah. seem to have put a lot of. Uh, we'll start with street furniture to to let us climb on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they didn't show us all that much parkour apart from some some beam jumping like mm. which didn't look any different to me than probably origins or maybe yeah. and odyssey didn't really have that many opportunities but certainly it, it looked familiar to, to what you might see in alexandria or yeah. maybe memphis somebody actually um, already made a video like a side-by-side -side comparison of origins and vault and uh, mirage parkour oh, to wow. show how many animations they actually recycled and it's mm. basically all of them mm. <laughs> And so it is head, it is based on fine. the origins of the teachings, you know. That's Bayek's yeah. teachings being passed down. <laughs> I I personally hope, you know, Basim just doesn't land like a sack of rocks like Avor yeah. does sometimes. I do love it. It's, that, it's that dead stop, isn't it, that she she yeah. would do at the end of a, a surface I, that just breaks your flow. Yeah. I truly love in Valhalla when you'll just be running and Avor seems to just trip over her own feet and just mm. slams into the ground. <laughs> Yeah, it like... needs to be faster running than Valhalla. Because, mm. I mean, I find out of the three latest games, Cassandra had the, the best and fastest running, whereas Bayek's mm. kind of in the middle, and then Favor's just so slow and it's, it gets annoying after a while. Can I just take I mean, a little side was... segue here to say that Bayek's running animation, especially on sand, is beautiful. That yeah. man skims over the sand on his tiptoes. Mm. It's amazing. Anyway, sorry. Back to you, Chris. 
<laughs> oh yeah, well, it's really hot, so he needs to. That's a good point. Yeah, he's got to keep moving fast. No, I, I, yeah. honestly, I'm ridiculous. I role play games like a madman. Like if I go into the desert, I need to make sure Bayek's got some face coverings on and stuff like that. You know, can I be getting sand in that mouth? So you know, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm always doing. I, I remember somebody said once. I love it when people tell me this stuff too because I'm, I'm just like mm. that. And I remember somebody said. I mean, this wasn't a role-play thing, but just a, a little thing that they started doing in AC1 and just continued it as a joke. But they, they said that uh, when they first played AC1, uh, they accidentally like turned Altair around on a viewpoint so that he was, you know, he was not looking out at the beautiful city. He was just staring behind him at the tower like an idiot. <laughs> and uh, and they and he he said uh, or, or they said that they just started doing that in every game since as uh, like a, a tradition. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I think this is the first trailer where you see the assassin sitting on the viewpoint. Well, on this one at the end, he's sitting on it sideways. Oh yeah. True. Usually they sit on it just facing forward, but mm. yeah, it was an odd one. Sideways, you get a bit more balance. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like. Am excited to see the parkour. I am, I guess, skeptical of how they're saying that it's going to be like on par with Unity, because Unity was an absolute beast of parkour. And I'm like, um, are, are we yeah, sure no. From this that? first view, it's they're clearly not gonna have mm. that level. I think the the unity level parkour is just the fact that there is like cloth physics involved, maybe. That too. But it definitely some, doesn't have some like... flashy spins and and yeah. some very very detailed movements of his arms mm. and legs that all I felt like they they designed the animations in Unity to fit his character. He's a bit of a show off. He's quite suave. Yeah. You know. Definitely. So he doesn't just climb a wall. He has to Throw a little spin in, you know, flick out, flick out the the tails on his coat, all that, yeah, all that stuff. Definitely but... with like Odyssey Origins and Valhalla, the parkour definitely feels like, I guess, like a lot clunkier, but smoother in some aspects. Because to me, when I'm thinking about the character, is like they're not trying to be fancy; they're just trying to navigate a landscape, right? Like. Cassandra isn't trying to be all fancy when she's climbing the Parthenon. She is trying to climb the Parthenon so she can get a better view of Athens. So she can go and fight some guards. Yeah. But Arno is like, oh yes, let me get like a wonderful view of Paris. Yep, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. Right? And I don't... I think that Basim might be a little bit showy, right? Because That's he does have wondering. like... Yeah, he does have a bit of that like... I guess like kind of arrogant flair yeah. to him. So I definitely I mean, he's a theatre kid through and through. He was monologuing over <laughs> Evil's grave. He's dramatic. And we love that. So I hope that we do get to see a bit more of that like dramatic flair mm. in his movements. Mm. Maybe not to like the ballet level that Arno is with his parkour and, like, movement system. But definitely, you know, not a bag of rocks. Do you know what I was thinking? You, you touched on something there that's just, 
I've been thinking, I've been watching a lot of Star Wars recently. And um, I wonder if with Bassin we will see a little bit of what we saw with, for those that do watch Star Wars, this will make sense. If you never watch Star Wars, this won't help at all. But anyway, will, will we see a bit of in Bassin the same that we saw with Anakin Skywalker? As he started to develop his powers, he started to enjoy mm-hmm. them maybe a bit too much. But Basim has come from nothing. He's been taught skills. He's been taught to develop himself. Like you say, Rue, will we see him? Because some of the kill animations we've seen, the finishers with the the short dagger and the curved, I guess it's a saber, I'm not really sure. Um, they're quite flashy. And is that him kind of saying, I'm good at this shit. Watch me do my stuff. And like you say, if we get to see that in the movement and the combat and he's a little bit cocky and cocksure, that would be that would be kind of great, to mm. be honest. I would enjoy that. He, I would enjoy playing as that character. Yeah, he definitely gives off the energy of, like, as you said, Anakin. He's very sure of what he does, but all of his kind of, like, play and, like, movement is based in aggression and revenge, it seems. I feel there is going to be kind of the theming of Basim, like, wanting to prove himself to the assassins. Or the hidden ones and being like, you know, just because I came from nothing, right, look at me, right? I have, you know, I have sword skill, I have, like, movement skill, I'm just as good as any of you. But all of his kind of fighting skill is based in survival because he learnt, you know, probably how to do all this parkour, how to fight as a means of survival. I can't wait for Basim to go. I don't like sand. It's rough and coarse and it gets everywhere. He's going to hate sand. He's going to you know, turn up in some Chanel boots. He is going to be back in Skywalker. <laughs> oh, my word. I wouldn't put them past that. I mean, they already had in Origins, they had that, uh, I think it was in the Hidden Ones DLC, there was a moment when Bayek is fighting someone and the he, the I enemy goes, uh, it's over, Bayek, I have the high ground. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I made oh, a meme man. for my friend that it was that, but it's like Basim when he's just like hanging up in Yggdrasil and it's like, it's over, Eivor. I have the high ground, but you won't so know amazing. for a thousand years. <laughs> uh, I think about 15 minutes ago, Declan said, I've got another question I want to ask you all. Uh, Declan, back to I you. Think I've, I think I've forgotten my question. I've just been so distracted by the conversation. I think I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I do have a little... Not, it's not a gripe because it, it will not affect my enjoyment of the game. But one thing I did spot, and I suppose we're heading into slightly moaning territory. I'm sorry. But maybe this is an opportunity for everyone to say, is there anything that you thought was concerning? Um, because this game will be cross-gen. There's There's limits to how much they can improve visual aspects and the only thing i did notice which i thought was a little bit of a shame because you know we are three years now into the the new generation or current generation of consoles 
the most of the faces of the characters, like, and I can't remember the guy's name, the new character we saw who briefs Basim, um, a couple of the targets that we see close-ups of, they looked no better to me than what we would have seen in, in Origins, um, mm. you know, six years ago. Now, that's to be expected if you're building this game to run on PS4, Xbox One, whatever. Um, you know, and if you've got this dense city, there's only so many... Um, textures and and you can load and so much graphics processing you can do something has to give and if it's the if it's the character faces fine so be it but i've i've been playing some some more modern games recently um and perhaps i've been a bit spoiled so in some and again won't affect my enjoyment at all but i suppose i'm i'm looking forward in the future i guess we won't see it until red or hexa or who knows what's coming up next but i'm just looking forward to seeing next gen assassins well now it's current gen mm. current gen assassins creed yeah. um you know with a real uplift in in quality so that was one little thing where i thought the faces are fine but you know i, I would like to have seen a little more anyway that was just one little bit that stood out to me as a mm. as a, i totally understand it it's a business decision they don't want to cut off you know half two-thirds of the console market yeah. it's a it's a last hurrah for the the previous gen of consoles it's fine mm. but it's just also i can't wait to see what they can do when they can use the resources of the of the newer devices yeah anyway and definitely like on that note i think it is not only a wise like business decision but wise like decision in terms of the series of there is still a shortage of these next gen consoles i was looking into getting a next gen console but in Australia, I am still struggling to find both the PS5 and Xbox Series X at a price that is reasonable. It's like, obviously, this tech is expensive, but I probably still shouldn't be paying an import rate on it. So I think until there is like enough of the consoles to kind of because obviously the pandemic delayed a lot of this stuff until there is enough of these next gen consoles to meet the demand i definitely don't think that a lot of games should be moving to next gen only of stay on like i guess old gen as long as you can <laughs> just because the market right now for these next gen consoles is so competitive to try and get one yeah, it, from a business point of view, it makes it, even from a technical point of view, it's probably lower mm. risk. Therefore, it's a it's a safer bet to build for what you know. So if, if the whole Anvil engine, if your whole production pipeline that you've spent you know years working on Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, if it all works and it's all um, optimized for building for current or previous gen consoles, then fair enough. Yeah. Just build what you know. It, it reduces risk and it probably reduces cost. It's fine, but it was just a little mm. thing. So I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to rain too much on on the pro. No, but did, I anyone, agree. did anyone else? Did you have something? Did you? Did that stand out to you, Rue? Then as, as something or? Yeah, I definitely felt that kind of like a lot of the movements and a lot of the characters still, they kind of do have still remnants of the ancients trilogy, just in how they look. But to me, it's kind of made up for the fact of. A lot of the environments look incredible and we haven't seen a lot of cut scenes so I'm just wondering how much will be mocap 
cutscenes and then how much will be like pre-baked animations. That that's what I want to know. Yeah, because yeah. when you do those kind of like the pre-animations, that's when you get kind of like I guess that uncanny valley. Mm, I'm sorry to keep ro- like the the robo animation thing. Then. And I mean, so yeah. many people. Where you know, so many people cite the campfire scene in Valhalla as one of their favorites. Yeah. Yep. Like, imagine if we got that quality again. I mean, yeah. just mm. please, please. That'd be so good. And you can like, not to uh, listen. Okay, I need to make this clear. I love Valhalla. Right? It's a very good game. The story, it has its like upsides and its downsides, but overall, I do enjoy Valhalla, and I absolutely love Avel's character. With that said, she kind of does look like a mashed potato <laughs> in terms of her animation sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Poor when Abel. you see them, you can pick which scenes are made with mocap. Yeah. Right? Because her yeah. facial expressions are so yeah. real. Like, the campfire scene comes to mind and then I also think of the scene at the end when Alfred and Eivor are talking and like this one bit where she's like, but it was this, you know, there was trouble with this Dane that made like all your problems go away. And she kind of has like this snarky little look with like a raised eyebrow. She's kind of being a bit cheeky and it looks real. Her emotions are real. And then when you see her like just talking to someone in Ravensthorpe and she has like the four same facial animations yeah yeah so yeah i'm really excited to see sorry yeah so i'm really excited to see that maybe the pre-baked animations have been upgraded as well as the mocap tech because i think one of the i'm not sure if it was like confirmed but obviously like a lot of valhalla's development was impacted by the pandemic so obviously they weren't able to do this in-person mocap sessions as much as they would have done on previous titles. I think like nearly like a majority of the main quests in Odyssey were mocapped compared to kind of Valhalla where it seems like there was like a solid few scenes that were entirely mocapped. You know, I'd love to, I don't I don't think we'd ever get an answer on this because it's probably it's it's proprietary stuff or it's yeah it's it's definitely inside knowledge but i seem to remember maybe you might know this iski because you've interviewed on on sisterhood speaks cecily is it cecily and uh magnus um and i seem to remember when we interviewed darby which would be more than a year ago now i've got this this memory that he said Although we had to do, we had to adjust our working practices for Valhalla. We had to, you know, switch all our developers to working from home. We built, or we we helped build sound. Uh, what's the right word? Sound booths in the voice mm. actors' houses so they could carry on. I'm pretty sure he said something like, "Covid didn't really impact the end product." Yes, we had to change our working practices. Um. I, I don't, and the reason I don't know if I remember that correctly is because the game didn't launch in a good, in a great state, and therefore I feel like it must have impacted it somehow. But I've mm. got this memory that he said it didn't really. But so, mate. But also, I know he's been. I don't know he's now left Twitter, but I'm sure he said something like 
there's 20 or 30 hours of performance captured um, scenes in Valhalla. Um, I've got to be honest, I, I don't remember when those are because there's, there's a few that really stand out and then I guess mm. lots that don't. But this is a shorter game. If every scene has got that, those fantastic... You want to see the performances that capture the actors' yeah. faces, don't you? So you can really connect with the characters and you want to see, like, the campfire stands out because also the lighting is so beautiful. Um, so see right. however many hours he said was captured. I mean, that was, like, probably either half of it because, I mean, they would have had to record male ever and female ever. Mm-hmm. Or we'll have it then. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I do hope we get like that level of I think we obviously will get that level of storytelling as like the campfire scene and uh, I really hope honestly that we get kind of like maybe like an homage to that campfire scene and I'm thinking it will probably be with like Basim and Rashan of like you know mentor to apprentice kind of speaking to one another kind of how it originally felt like Avor was somewhat of an apprentice to Basim, but also she was somewhat of a mentor to him. So, listen, I am. I'm going to make a shirt that says Valhalla Campfire Scene Number One Fan. (laughs) Send me a copy. (laughs) I'll I'll buy one off you. (laughs) Yep. Check out my Red Bull store for more. (laughs) (laughs) Do you spank? They will show us what happens with his family, like their tragic end. You mean Basim's family or Loki? Yeah, Basim. Mm, I... I think they're going to have stuff about his father, probably. Um, yeah. As for the rest of his, like, uh, we don't know if he had any siblings. Um mm. But I, I don't know if it's ever mentioned anywhere what happened to his mother. Mm-hmm. Maybe she died in childbirth or something. Mm. I mean, fridged, fridged women in AC, am I right? Because <laughs> the first trailer kind of introduces him as just like this kind of, I'm not going to say homeless kid, but I mean, he's like kind of on the, sh- he's a street kid and he's thieving mm. and stuff like that. So I'm assuming at that point he's not really got a family. Yeah, and the thing is, in the Golden City novel, um, uh-huh. he talks with Hytham about fatherhood and he mentions something like um, I don't think he, he's not saying it directly but he says something like I know about va- uh, violent fathers or fathers who don't mm-hmm. love their children and that was interesting to me uh, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. I need to read that book. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's, yeah. it's, it's good. <laughs> it's good. And we should probably just shout out that there's going to be a Roshan novel coming soon. Is it Daughter yeah. of No One? I think. Yeah. Mm. So that will add some nice colour to the story as well. I'm um, so excited for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Listen, given release dates in Australia, it's going to come out like a week before Mirage does. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna, you talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to go and look up when it's coming out, and uh, I'll come right back to you. <laughs> so, on what um, Chris has just said about the family, this does tie in with something I did want to briefly discuss. There is a line that's piqued a few people's interest on Twitter in the trailer where um, Roshan says, You have 
died and been reborn. Yes. Now, yes. Thinking back to Altair, who was killed and then had to rework the ranks of a novice. Yes. Yeah. Is it possible that the Brotherhood had to kill Basim, quotation marks, because of a crime he committed that could have brought harm to his family or brought the tragedy that Basim's family may have faced? And upon, you know, quote, killing Basim, they recruited an order to say, hey, the crime you committed was actually faked and staged. We can help you get repetitance mm-hmm. and revenge. And that will tie into Loki because Loki is seeking revenge for the crimes done to his family. So it would be a nice little link to what's triggering Basim remembering Loki. So a crime against his family that be it he brought to himself or someone else did it on frame Basim. So we I do think we may see something happen to Basim's family just to tie into why Basim got recruited because not to be harsh, it doesn't make sense why a simple, simple street thief would suddenly get be picked up to be an assassin in training if there wasn't a quality or a reason they were training for. Because mm. I've always seen assassins as people who don't like go around handing pamphlets to every Tom, Dick and Harry and say, come join the Brotherhood. I feel like they select them for a reason, you know, to give them a purpose. And I mm. think picking Basim off the streets and saying your purpose to be a killer for us is to get food is a bit nonchalant there should be some deeper purpose and I think that deeper purpose would be you've had a crime against your family you have been tried and punished we will be your executioners but in death you can be someone new to get revenge if that makes sense yeah like I mean that's what Bellic basically said to Arno. Also, I'm I'm gonna say though, counter argument. We literally had a game uh, <laughs> where you go around recruiting every bum off the streets, and it's called Brotherhood. <laughs> True. What's old is new again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ezio's just like, you know what? You want to join our secret society? Okay, sure. Come along. Yeah, I do feel like. Definitely there is, like, the aspect of, obviously, the assassins. They would want to choose people that, you know, they have, like, certain skills about them and all that. But I am one of those people of, I don't think the assassins are good, and I don't think the Templars are good, and I don't think either is... You don't have good and bad with them, right? Because, I mean, the assassins literally train child soldiers. Yeah. Desmond... It's like, like Batman. Desmond, yeah, Desmond was like trained since he was six years old and the like information that we get was it was a pretty brutal training regiment that he got so it's like okay you train a bunch of child soldiers and then a surprise when they turn out aggressive so I've, I've lost my train of thought a little bit what was I talking about that's him okay so although I feel like yes it doesn't make sense for them to just randomly recruit someone, it does make a bit of sense for them to kind of just be like, we need someone to fight. We need someone with skills of thievery. And then they're like, hey, I know this thief. So maybe maybe this whole game starts with a heist gone wrong. Yeah, yeah that, that could be the case. 
and uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, I do think the CG trailer kind of, you know, it kind of gives us the idea that Roshan sees something in Basim, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that she's like following him through the marketplace. I don't think it's just because, you know, she sees this random kid being chased. I think she probably does recognize, hey, he has some skills that we can use. Um, mm. And sees like mm. some potential in him. Yeah. But also, See. I think it's been so- said somewhere that Roshan is also interested in Basim in for another reason. Like, so mm. maybe she, maybe she knows something about his past. Um, either, maybe either she has some kind of hunch about you know his connection with Loki, or maybe she just knows something that we don't know yet at this point mm-hmm. about about his family or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have something similar to that. And it kind of I had the idea before and then the crossover confirmed it of there is, I guess, some assassins or characters that when looked at through eagle vision appear as though they are a piece of Eden. Right? Mm. So obviously when Avor looks at Cassandra she glows and she's sparkly because she's glowy and sparkly. Because she's Cassandra. Because we, she's Cassandra. We, we need she no plot reasons for this, Rue. We need exactly. no plot reasons for this. <laughs> but you see, like, I Cassandra's just reasons. queen. <laughs> she's just like that. Of In like my fanfic that I'm currently writing, Altair meets Cassandra and his eagle vision is kind of like wonky at first about her because reasons. I won't spoil the fan fiction. <laughs> but then kind of when he met, then sees her, she kind of has this like golden kind of shimmer about her that's like it's not uh like she's not a friend, she's not a foe. She appears like a piece of Eden because the staff is that powerful. So I'm wondering if maybe Rashan looked at Basim with her eagle vision, oh. and maybe she saw that kind of shimmer, or you know, maybe she saw cool. kind of two, like two, I guess, souls of she saw Basim and Loki, or she just saw person. something like there's something about this kid that's mm. setting off my eagle vision. I can't or tell like, what yet. I think it would be kind of like it would lean into kind of like the, I guess, mystery of she looks at him, she sees this like you know kind of street kid. But then she kind of sees someone looming over his shoulder that isn't there when she's not looking at him with her eagle vision. What you're saying is reminding me of in AC1 when you use eagle vision. Mm. Uh, I don't remember if the targets are gold. I think that's in AC2. Yeah. Uh, no, like cool. if, yeah. if it's like a, a, a target that you need to follow or, you know, they're special somehow, they, yeah. they glow golden. I think in AC1 they glow white. Something like mm. that. So it could be something like that. Like they're no, they're yeah, not an enemy, they're cool. not an ally, but they are special somehow. Mm. And kind of like my friend calls it calls it the cryptid assassins of when you think about it, Eagle Vision is such like not really like a messed up thing to have, but it kind of does let you prejudge yeah. people <laughs> that you meet. So maybe it could just be the fact, like, Rashan just, like, you know, was looking at a target through her eagle vision. 
Basim runs through the scene trying to get away from someone and she just sees something about him through his like through her eagle vision that is just so other from everything that she's just like I need to find out what the hell this kid is up to his midichlorian count is off the off the charts over 20,000 even Master Yoda doesn't have an account that high oh my god I've got to stop watching these films right I tell you just just one little um Briefing. This is going back to the first trailer. Um, first of all, I could listen to Jure Agnoshlu just read anything: the telephone directory, the dictionary, Encyclopedia listen. Britannica, whatever. Watch, but watch the Expanse. I need to. I know. I know. She's fantastic. <laughs> Every single it, scene she's in, she steals the show. And and that do you know what I that kind of builds to what I was just thinking of, which is. The thing that grabbed me most in the first trailer, and really, we don't know what this game is going to be. Is it going to be Basim being found and training up? Is it going to be sort of found family? Is it going to be self-discovery? Whatever. We don't know. Mm. Classic revenge. We don't know. But it's the bit that I can't wait to see and experience and and learn is the relationship between Roshan and Basim. Mm -hmm. Is I mean, yes, it's going to be mentor to... um, uh, novice or whatever but will it be a little bit of adoptive mother will will they end up sort of butting heads we don't know but I just can't mm. wait to see that dynamic um, between the two of them um, on screen Yeah. can I mention something I mean this is uh, like throwing back to an earlier thing that we talked about we talked about the graphics and yeah. you mentioning Roshan just kind of reminded me there's, uh, I, I have a bit of a hot take in that you know you said that the graphics were a little bit of a uh, not not regression but like uh, you know that you expected more evolution I guess. Meanwhile, I was like, thank God they don't all look ugly, because I'll say the uh, origins people you know they they weren't like uh, cutting edge, but they looked fine. Um, but I'll say Valhalla only has like three good-looking people in the There's entire some game. Weird faces yeah. in, in Valhalla. Isn't there? <laughs> Everybody yeah, else's people. face is just yeah. like what they did with the eyebrows is like you know usually people's mm. eyebrows are you know slightly darker than their hair. But what what Valhalla did is it gave everybody eyebrows that are the exact same shade as their hair. So it looks really I off. And um, I remember seeing Roshan for the first time in that one mission um, in Valhalla where she meets A4. Mm. And I was mm. like, uh, she looks a little bit weird. But, you know, then again, so does everyone else in this game. But yeah. uh, now, you know, Ubisoft released uh, our first proper look at her in Mirage. And I was like, okay, she actually looks better here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I would I think it was with like the crossover how they kind of had to build Cassandra's model from the ground up again for Valhalla yeah. because yeah, the models tooling. aren't compatible. Yeah. Because I think there was something of like there is only about like four or five models for all of the characters in Valhalla. Whereas in Odyssey I know that like Cassandra had her own sculpt. So did Alexios, um, Xenia, and Brasidas. They all had their own like individual body types that they were like 
completely different from any like other character in the game. And I'm wondering, I'm like, I hope that is going to be the same with Mirage of every single character will have their own unique model. Therefore, each character looks distinct. Valhalla, it looks had... like their skin fits their body, unlike some of the characters mm. in Valhalla where things did not some, look right. Some of the NPCs in Valhalla, I don't know if you guys um, remember the absolute terrifying um, AC2 remaster face. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the big bright dead eyes. <laughs> With the big bright dead eyes. I did like a painting and I said, oh gosh, this painting has the like AC2 eyes. And my friend immediately knew what I was talking about. Like, they kind of just like, the eyes just seem separate and the face is just one singular plane. Uh, in Valhalla, they had uh, like, I think the main characters all the like important npcs uh had their own appearance mm -hmm. uh like visual appearance but for non-important npcs they used you know like this random generator yeah where they I... just mix, mix and match features yeah i do always laugh at forever my favorite thing of in odyssey Cassandra's braid. She is the only character that has yeah. that hairstyle. It is the only unique hairstyle in the entire game. There is characters that have like Alexios's haircut, characters that share a haircut with Marini and Brasidas and Xenia and all of them, but that braid is solely for Cassandra. And then it is on like 50 NPCs in Valhalla. And I swear if I boot up Mirage and I see that braid and it is not on Cassandra, it's <laughs> Maybe we can get that braid for Bassam. No, you're I'll, I'll accept that. I'll nice. accept some nice braids in that man's yeah. hair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as the resident Cassandra stan, I do hope that we get to see her, like, in Mirage. And I hope it is just like she just says some snarky comment to Basim and then just dips. <laughs> yeah, because they can't, you know, if, if she was in the game, they can't exactly have an extended conversation because she has mm. the staff. Yeah, she's she's not here. Like, she's like... literally hanging out with his wife. Yeah. She's just here. She just bullies him because Alethea is like, hey, say some dumbass comment. Is the way you do it, Rue. He goes to pickpocket her, and of course, her lightning reaction, she just grabs his wrist and goes, Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Malaka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, we have he been just talking stares for a while. Fear at a um, so I would like to wrap this up. I'll tell you why, because uh, poor Declan, he's had to step away for a moment, um, but he will have uh, he will have a, an audio edit to do quickly tomorrow Oof. morning. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation, but I'd like to get your closing thoughts, please, everybody. And uh, then we'll then we'll sign off. Uh, let's let's go in reverse order, Chris. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, looking forward to it. I mean, only good things to come, I think. So, and red smoke bombs. So I'm happy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. Six keys. We need to see more social stealth and more parkour. 
but especially social stealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I, I I'm I, also I'm excited for shirtless Basim. <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, <laughs> on, on the social stealth, I would I would be very happy if they brought forward some of what they had with Valhalla with the blending zones, little activities, you know. Yeah. Um, so crowds would be mm-hmm. nice. Um, but, yeah, but I hope they would be more probably. automatic, so not not mm. any of the mm. button prompts anymore, or at least yeah. don't make them so fiddly. Yeah, yeah. They could even steal from. Is it Discovery Tour where if you walk into certain, you have little glowing circles on the floor, and if you walk into that zone, you're kind of you'll initiate an interaction. Or is or am I misremembering it? And that's actually in the main game. But yeah, there's a few ways they could do it, which would give us um, mm-hmm. some some nice. Uh, like you say, social stealth, environmental stealth, blending, whatever you want to call it. Uh, all right, Rue, any closing thoughts? Uh, as everyone has said, I definitely want to see more of the parkour. I, I've been playing a lot of the Tomb Raider games, and I really hope we kind of get that, like, the quick-paced parkour where you need to, like, hit the right button to do the right move to, like, complete a level. So definitely kind of want to see more parkour, more of the social stealth, and I'm not sure if it'll be possible because, like, obviously E3 isn't going ahead and I don't know if there's any events in Australia that would have it. But definitely I want to see, like, people being able to get some hands-on gameplay of this, of, like, getting to play a demo, getting to, like, see how the game works, of we haven't had a lot of games that have been play-tested by the fans, obviously because a lot of events haven't gone ahead. So I'd definitely like to see, you know, people have the opportunity to have a hands-on try at this game before it launches to then give, like, you know, their feedback and all that. But yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I'm excited to see how the story goes. And I'm excited for Basim. Mm. All good. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us, Rue, Six Keys and Chris. Um, Declan, as I said, has had to step away. Uh, so I'll close the show. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope this uh, very quick and unplanned episode um, was entertaining. Um, I've enjoyed listening to everyone's um, theories and, and reactions this evening. Uh, and I hope you have too. So uh, we'll be back probably. Uh, our upload schedule has gone gone to, uh, to pot with this uh, surprise video. So we do have an episode recorded, but not yet edited, uh, where we're going to look back on the Community Relief Fundraiser and with Arshak. But uh, I, I have no idea when that will come out. We, we will keep you updated on uh, Twitter, on our Discord and uh, on our YouTube um, community tab as well. So thanks for listening and we will speak to you all very soon. <laughs>